Welcome to Entertainment Source Interviews. I am your host, Mary Jensen. On this episode, I talk with comedian Vicki Shaw. Vicki is a seasoned performer from TV, movies, clubs, colleges, cruises, national lesbian and gay pride events, and fundraisers for groups like HRC and Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, plus many, many more. Vicky's feel-good comedy mixed with her sweet southern style and sharp wit gives audiences a memorable experience. Her awards include the funniest comedian in the world ever, presented by the Barstow Gay Men's Chorus in 2012, the Lesbian Comedian Hall of Fame Lifetime Achievement Award 2013, presented by Shaw Pharmaceuticals, and Off the Great Comedian of the Year 2011, presented by the Howdy Beverage and Package Conglomerate. Hello, this is Vicki. Hello, Vicki. This is Mary Jensen with the podcast. How are you? Hi, I'm good, Mary. How are you? I'm doing good. So how are you handling this whole um, quarantine thing? Well, um, the, I don't know, better off or worse off, it just so happened that just before it started, my granddaughters were here for spring break, and um when they canceled school, they just stayed here, and their mom's here, too. So we have six people. <laughs> wow. Uh, and three cats and three dogs. Oh, my so, goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, we're, so you know, we, we have stuff to do, actually. So, you know, it, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Yeah, well, that's good. You won't get lonely, that's for sure, right? No, that's for sure. I, I'm, I'm worried about people that are home alone, you know? Like, oh. what the heck are they doing? I know. I can't imagine that. I mean, it's just me and my girlfriend, and we got two cats. And, uh-huh. I mean, we're doing good. So far, we haven't killed each other. Everything seems to be working out. Good. <laughs> it's crazy, though, huh? It's nuts. It's just nuts. And it's just not letting up. Our governor just announced that today that the schools will be closed for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So we just found out about that. And um, so, yeah, so now we're like, okay, I will, I, you know, we just kind of look at each other, my wife and I just go, you know, we're in this for the long haul. This is not going to end anytime soon, you know? No. So anyway, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, she worries because she's compromised. And so we have to be uh, diligent, you know, here because she's more susceptible than, and also one of my granddaughters is, you know, she gets sick easier than the rest. So we just have to be a little, you know, have to be really vigilant and pay attention. And But we do. We do what you do. What they say is the best. So that's yeah. all I can do, right? That's right. We just have to hang in there and get through this but yeah I I think it's gonna be a while too longer um especially to have you know gatherings with you know concerts and and Uh doing your comedy out and stuff I think that might be a while so um Mm -hmm. I noticed you did a couple of things on Facebook um what is the pan want to talk about the pandemic pass password Uh (laughs) yeah it was uh Lisa Coke and Jenny McNulty and Dana Goldberg, me, Rock Sward, and Karen Williams, all comics. And, you know, we're all good friends. 
And so we decided to do pandemic password, which basically we're playing a game, mm-hmm. you know, on the internet. And, you know, if you want to watch, watch, it's just funny. And so we did, uh, we did a couple of games of password and we did, um, almost kind of like the, $10,000 pyramid. Remember that game? I do. Yes. I like that. And you get words and you, you know, don't, and we were just being silly. It was so much fun though. We really did. And people loved it. So we'll do that again. And tomorrow I'm doing, uh, geez, three, one hour, um, not a show per se for women on a roll. And you have to sign up to see, and then, There'll be, you know, be me for a little bit. And then it's like about a hundred people and then it opens up to them and we can talk and, you know, so, and I have three of those tomorrow night and then one Sunday. Wow. So yeah. And it's weird, you know, I'm working from home, <laughs> you know, and the other part that's weird. And I'm sure you've noticed if you watch me at a love night, you know, all the comics, Saturday Night Live and everything, you know, comics need audiences, you know, but that's, that's how you kind of get an idea of what's happening and what, you know, and so when you don't have that, it's just bizarre, you know, you're like, uh, yeah, weird. yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you need that interaction with the audience, uh-huh. especially being a comic. I mean, like oh, yeah. even the musicians, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed a lot of them are doing like live concerts and little shows and stuff from their, their houses. And, um, but I would think it would be even tougher for, for a comedian because you really okay. need that interaction right. even more so. So that's right. crazy. <laughs> like trying to. Figure you know, they're out. just singing a song that they know, you know, that they can play. Yeah. And, you know, they can do that by themselves anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. So so it is a little, it is much different for comedians. I'm not saying it's harder or anything. It's just completely different. And the only thing I can compare it to is um, um, over the years, every so often I'll do a pride event outdoors you know an outdoor event with an outdoor stage mm-hmm. and it's just wide open outdoors well the issue with that is because it's just the sky i don't get the audience there's no sound reverb so if the audience is laughing i really can't hear them because oh, right. it just goes up as opposed to being in a building where you know there's um, sound and so I mean, there have been times where I'm doing a, a, an event like that where I really can't hear them. I mean, I can see them, you know, and I can tell by their face they're laughing. Yeah. But I can't hear it, you know, and that's and when you have that, it, and I'm just, you just you just go. You just do your stuff because you're not you're not waiting for them. It's not. I've always I've always said this a lot of comics do too. Comedy is actually a uh, is a uh, conversation with an audience you know I say something and then they respond mm-hmm. you know call, call and call back and so when there is no conversation you just you know just say what you have to say <laughs> and get it over with you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I will be doing one it's women on a roll just go to women on a roll.com and then it'll say and there'll be a thing that says women on the net and in uh, May, I'm going to be doing something similar for uh, 
Memorial Day, and I'm going to be cooking Memorial, you know, food. And so that's that. I think that's going to be fun, and um, that's going to be uh, Memorial Day. So if anybody wants to, you know, go to Women on a Roll and click on and sign up for it when it's there, and that I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll be cooking from home. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, because this will yeah. be up um, probably next week. And then, yeah, then people can um, check that out. I'll, I'm going to check it out. It sounds like fun. That'll be cool. I know, it does. We, we, we just kind of had that idea. And I went, yeah, that'll be fun. So my wife will be manning the camera. <laughs> and I think, because we're doing three tomorrow, you know, so we're going to do three in May. So, like, each one will be a different dish you know, so to say you know oh very interesting but i think I, I think it'll be fun yeah it sounds like fun now are you gonna cook like are you making up a recipe or are you gonna be cooking something you've made before or a recipe yeah. like family favorites <laughs> since it's gonna be labor day it's gonna be kind of labor day food mm-hmm. you know so i'll probably smoke something and then a potato our family loves my potato salad it's you know it's a i mean we literally eat potato salad all the time and um and probably something else you know another dish so each one will be you know something else well i haven't gotten the detail i think it'll be fun i think it'll be a lot of fun yeah i always kind of wanted to do that anyway so this will help jump start that i guess yeah and it's something a little different too than Mm -hmm. than just doing a show so that's pretty cool and um so let's talk about your very interesting story of how you got started in comedy and how everything changed later in life for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it was you know, twenty-five years ago, twenty-eight, something like that. Um, I was married, a stay-at-home mom, three kids, um, Southern Baptist Church, you know, PTA, Republican Women's Club, the whole nine yards. And um, but all my life, literally, and even at, into my 30s, you know, I would be at a party with friends or whatever, and I always heard people go, you should do stand-up comedy. You're really funny. And I was like, people like me don't do stand-up comedy. That That's dumb, you know? <laughs> and uh, But I kept hearing it all the time, all the time. And I'm like, hmm, maybe, maybe I should just say I did it, you know, just just do it just because I can look back and go, I tried, you know, I did it. And it wasn't for a career or anything like that. It was just to do it, you know, face a fear, I guess. And um, so I went to open mic, my first open mic, and I literally, I got five minutes and I literally froze. I froze. Mm. I mean, I, I didn't remember my kids' names. I didn't remember anything. And, and I tell people even, I, thought, I don't know why I went back, but I did. And I was a little more prepared. And then I just started doing open mics because it was my time. It was me all alone. You know, I wasn't someone's wife. I wasn't someone's mom. I wasn't anybody but me on stage by myself. And so it became a really great just creative process for me. And that's really what it was. Well, you know, open mics are just a bunch of like seven drunk people and a bunch of comics, you know. (laughs) And so... We, you know, comics are talking to each other and then it's word of mouth. And so, you know, comic, you know, you, I like your set. You should probably open at this club and then they would recommend you. And then a club owner would go, I'm going to recommend you for this club. And then you slowly start opening and then you start featuring 
and then you start headlining and um so that's kind of what i was doing and um in the course of learning and, and just studying the art of comedy and it is an art you know there, there's you have to learn things about it but one of them is comedy and if you think about it think about comics that you really like listen to what they're actually saying and comedy is tragedy with timing you know it's painful things the the what a com comic is talking about is usually frustrating and painful and you know uh, you know and, and it's not big pain it's just annoyances and things that bother you and, mm -hmm. you know and that's what comedy is and so in order to do that you have to be in touch with your emotions and your pain and in the course of that of trying to get in touch with emotions that i'd never gotten in touch with one of them was i'm a lesbian you know and it's like whoa what do i do now <laughs> you know? yeah and i'm married you know and all this, and so i mean you know it wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination and it took for the whole kind of thing a year or two to kind of you know go through it therapy and divorce and all of that you know and then begin dating women and and you know that whole aspect of it so again that part of coming out also became it was in my act you know that's it's painful it's you know it hurts and so that got into my act and it my active you know everybody who's heard me knows i talk about my life it just is i i that's all i talk about and it's my experiences and things that have happened to me and my kids and my grandkids and my wife and my dogs and, you know and that's what i talk about and mm -hmm. so um you know and so it was comedy actually was a catalyst for me coming out because i had to go to that place of i had always it was always there i you know you, you don't just turn lesbian you know right <laughs> i always was i yeah. just didn't acknowledge it i ignored it i pretended i wasn't i didn't uh you know so when you go to that place now now you've got to now adjust to that new reality and move forward and and that's what i did and no, it, it all worked out, <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been there, too. I was married and everything. And same thing. I knew, you know, or I was pretty sure, you know, it was kind mm -hmm. of for me like, OK, I can ignore this for my whole life because I don't yeah. know how to do this. I don't know anybody gay. How is everyone going to react? Yeah. You know, so but after, you know, you just can't hide your whole life if you want to really be happy and be who you are and so everybody i mean your kids and everybody was they accepted it um pretty well my kids were always my kids were always wonderful i never had problems with any of them my family did not and um and that was painful for a while but i you know, and i tell people that are afraid to come out to their family i say look yeah your family might not be happy but you've got to allow them. I mean, how how long? It took me 38 years to accept myself. Mm -hmm. I have to give them some time. They're not just going to automatically go, oh, sure, we thought you might be gay. You know, that, that's not going to happen typically. So I just let them have some time. And it was like, look, and this was my opinion or my belief. It was like, look, you, I'm the same daughter you had 
last week, but you know something about me you didn't know before. I'm not going to change, and I'm not going to change being my kid's mom, and even my kids. I'm like, I'm not going to be anything different than what the mom you already have, but, and you will either, and I didn't have to do this, my kids, but my family, I said, you will either accept me in time, or I won't come around, and you won't see my children. Mm-hmm. So you have a choice. This is it's your ballpark now, you know. And do what you have to do because if you can't love me unconditionally, I don't want you. You know, it's kind of like I don't want a family member that doesn't want me. You know, right. it's like you're not worth that. <clears throat> so and so and even and the whole time it was like the only people I cared about what they thought were my children. They're the only people I cared because I had realized I had lived my life trying to please everyone else and I was miserable. So I'm not pleasing. I'm not living my life to please anybody anymore, but I do care if my children respect me Mm -hmm. and they're going to respect me because I'm being honest and I'm living my life with authenticity, an authentic life. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Hard to say. That's the thing that they did learn. And over the years, you know, the kids have been interviewed by different things and different people and been on documentaries. And they all said the same thing. It was like, our mom was our mom, you know, and we learned from our mom that not all gay people are great, you know, and not all straight people are are great. And Mm -hmm. some straight people are nice and some gay people are nice. It's not, you don't judge people because they're gay or straight. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's a good lesson. <laughs> yeah. I learned a good one there, you know? So, yeah, they, they were great. And then, of course, the grandchildren, they don't know any different, you know? They just know, but they call us I am Boppy. We're I am Boppy, you know? So, it, they're great. They have no problem with it, which I look, which is wonderful, you know, because they're, they're the young people now. And, you know, they have no problems with us and with their friends telling their friends, you know. So, anyway. Yeah, and but, that's awesome because that's the way it should be. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, but your family is, they're all okay now. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe they did. Mother, you know, mother just wanted me to be happy. And she, we finally had a, some years ago, you know, a big conversation. And it was like, you know, mom, I, this is, this is who I am. And, and, you know, she had questions, and I gave her a book, a wonderful book that I always tell people, because our biggest, the biggest issue was the Christianity, and, you know, mm, you're going to hell, yeah. and hate you, and all this. And I have this book that I always, I send to people, and I love it, I've passed it out many times, it's called Holy Homosexuals, and it's a phenomenal book, because it really is it goes to the scripture and it talks about what the scripture actually meant. And it's easy to read for people that aren't, you know, biblical scholars, you know, you can't be that. So, yeah. So I gave my mother that book and she read it and, and we talked and it finally was like, and then, you know, she loved Lori and my dad did until he got Alzheimer's. And uh, I mean, he still loved her. He just didn't know who she was. <laughs> but yeah. of course, he didn't know who I was either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they were they were great. They were, and my brother finally he had a hard time with it, but he finally, um, you know, he's he's okay, and the family's good now. Yeah. So 
that's a that's a good thing and a positive thing. Mm -hmm. So it just took a while, and I just tell people, it, give them time. You know, just be yourself, be your authentic self. You know, and that they'll either accept you or not, and you'll move forward. So yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, like you said, it was it was an adjustment for everyone. Mm -hmm, I mean, right. you know, you had to come to terms with it yourself and it took a mm -hmm. long time. And then, yeah, and that's that's great, too, that you recognize that, too, and gave your family the time instead of just getting in a big old fight. And, mm -hmm. you know, because I think right. sometimes maybe some people don't think like that, like, OK, you know, I, I need to give them time. This is something new for them and yeah, they'll come around. So, right. And just and, and and that's the thing is just stay who you are. Don't you know if they loved you before, they'll love you again. You yeah. know that that won't change. You're the same person. Mm -hmm. But if they you know if they're conditional, then they're conditional. Nothing you can do about it. Mm -hmm. You know. But you have to take care of yourself. That's what I think. Yeah, that's number one for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, how is your wife doing now, living in Texas? Oh, she loves it. She Does loves she? She came to love oh, it. Yeah. That's great. Yes, because she loves, she doesn't like cold. And I don't either. She was Ooh. born and raised in Illinois. She hated it. Mm. And so where we are now, we're in actually some beautiful weather right now. But, um, you know, it, it, it gets hot, but she loves hot. <laughs> you know, she's happy in the clam. So, yeah. and we have a pool, which is great, especially in the summer when it's super hot. Um and yeah, so she loves it here, loves it, loves it. And she's so happy that she's not there anymore. But, mm, yeah, I mean, yeah. they just got snow, and we're, I'm in Massachusetts, and we're supposed to get some tonight. I mean, it's oh, not going to last or anything, right. but still, come on, <laughs> spring. Mm -hmm. But this I is know. this is how it is, you know, in New England and mm -hmm. Illinois, too, I guess, that yeah. it just takes forever for the nice weather to get here and stick around for a while you know we'll have right. a day here and there that's nice and then now it's gonna snow it's like mm -hmm. i i hate it i really do i i'm i'm moving to florida in two years and i can't wait Woo! oh I you'll love it see florida is very weather-wise very similar to texas houston mm -hmm. because we're on the same latitude it's we're both we're both coastal areas and heat and humidity and so yeah, yeah, and I love all that. Now, where are you going to Florida? Um, probably like Tampa or Cla uh, yeah, Clearwater area. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's lovely. So now I know you you starred in four comedy specials too on Logo. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell me about that? I well, let's see. Um, one of them was a uh, a docu comedy called uh, Laughing Matters More, and it was four comedians, me, Sabrina Matthews, um, who else was in that one? Anyway, and so it was a documentary about us, you know, the interviews and that kind of stuff, but it was also us doing our acts, so that was kind of fun, and uh, so we did that, and one of them was my own special called... You can take the girl out of Texas. And so and then I had that one. And then I had another one called, oh, I'm not your role model. And, um, and then the other one was, oh, the other one was also a uh, documentary called Late in Life Lesbians. Okay. And so 
Yeah, and so that one was that one was good. So that's what I did. I did those all were on Bogo, and um, and that was fun. And then I also did Comedy Central uh, Premium Blend. That's it. Yeah, okay. that's it. So yeah, so that it was great. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I bet. I mean, it must be fun being a comedian because you can just just let yourself be funny and because that's what you're supposed to do. So mm-hmm. You don't have to mm-hmm. worry about it, you know. Now, I know yeah. you said, and I have heard you a lot of your comedy and stuff, and I was listening to some more this morning. Um, you do, you talk about your life, and it's kind of like um, a way to, like, vent and and mm-hmm. stuff so have you ever done anything like having to do with hot flashes oh yeah <laughs> okay because i i was trying to see it like find that and see if you did because i bet you're really funny on that i saw you i heard you one this morning on youtube about colonoscopies i was i was sitting here doing my regular job and i'm typing i'm laughing my ass off i'm like oh my god <laughs> you're so funny oh and it's so true too, because you know I've had I've had a couple of those, and yeah, the whole drink thing. Oh my god, that's crazy. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, I know. And um, oh, I know. but that's it. You know, that's that's what we talk about. It's like oh, <laughs> horrible. Yeah, and so yeah, you make you make funny of of all kinds of life situations, and mm-hmm. yeah, I'll have to hear your hot flashes one because oh my god, that's- I get them constantly. How old are you? 53. Wow, okay, yeah, you're right in the middle of it. Oh, my God. It's brutal. But... Oh, yeah. It is. It is. Uh, now, you have toured all around the world, too, right, with Olivia yeah. Cruises? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't, Everywhere. I haven't been on an Olivia Cruise yet. Maybe someday. Oh, you yeah, I've been yeah. on I've been on the Melissa Etheridge Cruises, and I was always hoping, like, you could get on there. Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, they they invited me. They did ask. Oh, did they? I, I just I couldn't do it because of Olivia. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if they'll actually be able to have the one this year. It's in October. Which, oh, yeah. You know, you can yeah. say that's a long way away, but you know, the way they're yeah. starting to talk about not having things like that till like even a year from now, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's scary. So. Oh, yeah, because, you know, it, like Melissa or even Olivia, you know, they have to, I mean, they they get their ships from the cruise lines, and yeah. nobody's going on those cruises right now. Mm-hmm. So even if they had it, there probably wouldn't be a lot of people that would want to go right now, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I know that's what's going on with Olivia right now, you know? Mm-hmm. They're, everything's on hold, so. Yeah, and who knows how long that'll it'll be on yeah. hold for, but. hmm well, do you know? Do you know if you're going to be down in Women's Week this year in P-town? You know, if as, as far if, as we, I mean, I'm planning on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As long as yeah. everything's going on and stuff, you'll be down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I'll be there. Yeah. All right. So we'll see how that'll go. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just have to see. We just don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't know yeah. Right now. We just go. I don't have any idea. We don't know anything right now. Mm-hmm. Nope. Do you have anything else you would like to add to this? Usually I have a show to promote, but I don't. I know. <laughs> I don't have anything right now. All right. Um, yeah, so no, just, to, you know, everybody stay safe and, you know, follow the directions of the people that tell you. And, and my gut is just saying, Democrats, just stay at home and let the Republicans and Darwinism take over. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. yeah.
All right. Thank you so much. Stay safe. You too. Uh-huh. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Used with Vicky's permission, here is a clip from the live show she performed at the Triple Door in Seattle in 2014. To hear the rest of this performance, go to YouTube and type in Vicky Shaw Colonoscopy. The link will also be on my website along with all of Vicky's social media links at entertainment-source.com.
Again, if you would like to hear the rest of this performance, just go on over to YouTube and click um, search and type in Vicki Shaw colonoscopy. And I also have the link on my website at entertainment-source.com along with the rest of Vicki's social media links. Entertainment Source Interviews is an Entertainment Source production. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and where you listen to your podcasts. You can follow Entertainment Source Interviews on Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to make a donation to our tip jar, you can find the link in the episode notes. Thanks for listening. Check out my other podcast, It's Just a Ghost.